Good afternoon, or pre-noon. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today is Kristen Wall of the City Assembly. How are you doing today? Hi, Jordan. <clears throat> I'm doing well today. Um, nice to see some sunshine in the forecast. Definitely, especially after after Wednesday. We were joking about it all day yesterday that my car got stuck twice because of the, the blizzard. And so my um windshield wipers uh motor stopped working so that was not um very good for driving in a blizzard. Uh, no, I would I imagine it would not be. So I I asked you to come in today mainly for one project I want to talk to you about, but obviously we'll get to more. That's just the nature of the show. So I want to talk to you about the Juno Douglas Crossing project. And so from what I understand of it, what I remember of it is the proposals to build a new cross between Douglas Island and the main sort of body of Juno. So what can you talk to me more about that? Yeah, this has been a um, priority to start exploring this idea um, for the assembly and others in the community for quite some time with the idea that um, if we ever want to build on the backside of Douglas, um, whether that's more housing or other types of developments, um, as well as, you know, it, it's just a risk to the community that there's only one crossing. If something was to happen to that bridge, it would leave um, the people on the Doug- people on the Douglas side cut off from from many of the services. And so, uh, the idea is. That's a big project. <laughs> it's going to cost a lot of money. Lots of things to think about in terms of where would be a good location and if it would really have the impacts that that folks are hoping it would have. Um, and so really just starting to get um, really, really starting at the beginning, uh, the assembly is appropriated some funding to do what's called a planning and environmental linkages study, which is really kind of the precursor to to engineering and NEPA and that kind of stuff just to start finding out what the community is interested in and potentially where that second crossing would go if it was to move forward. Gotcha. And then what were some of those sort of environmental, like, I guess I want to, I would think I'd say environmental concerns. What are some of the sort of questions on that regard with where the proposal would be for the project? Or is there even a set location that they kind of think where they should put it at? Yeah, good, good question. Right now, um, the, they're considering, I believe it's either seven or eight, um, locations between where the current bridge sits now and, um, the, the Mendenhall Peninsula, so Fritz Cove Road and Mendenhall Peninsula Road, that area. Um, and so different environmental impacts depending on where you're talking, but the big concern rightfully for, for most people that I talk to is um, the Mendenhall Wetlands. That's kind of a large complex that stretches between the island and the mainland for most of that area and has really big... Um, you know, is a, is a good spot for migrating birds and a lot of other kind of um, ecological processes kind of start there in the wetlands. So that's that's a big thing that that people will be paying attention to. Um, neighbor neighborhood impacts is also a big deal. So depending on where you live, um, this may have more or less impacts on. Um, your neighborhood, what kind of access you have, what kind of traffic you have. And so that's a lot of what we've been hearing, too, is folks um, concerned about where the bridge would be placed if it was to be placed. And I keep saying bridge, but I've heard there's also a potentially a tunnel option. So it's not just 
bridges that are being considered at this stage. Ooh, hearing a tunnel reminds me of the when I was overseas for school for because if I remember correctly, there's a <laughs> tunnel between England and I think it's France that they have truck drivers go through, which is hearing that even boggles my mind. So hearing the idea of a tunnel here, I'm like, ooh, how would that work? How would we plan that out? Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's um, a question mark in a lot of people's minds right now. I, I come from um, Boston where lots of uh, tunnels underground to get where you're going, so I understand the concept. But um, in this place, it, it definitely seems a bit foreign. Yeah, the only tunnel I can think of really for any of Alaska, not even just southeast, is really the there's the tunnel to Whittier. So if any of you are South Central folks and you hear this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's the only tunnel I think of, and that's not underground. That's just through Correct. the mountain there. And so yes, you know. it, it would it would be a big change if that is the direction that um, that the community decides to go. But most of the options people uh, that the consultants are looking at right now are bridges. Gotcha. Okay. And you were, you were talking about those neighborhood impacts. Could you give me like an example of one of those? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we, we've certainly heard, um, from folks, uh, on North Douglas, um, who live out North Douglas with, with some concerns. So, um, no matter where the bridge goes, they're probably going to be impacted in some way because, um, in some ways, they're going to have more access to the valley or to the mainland because they don't have to drive all the way to West Juneau to come downtown. Um, but, you know, those who are opposed to the project worry about kind of increase in traffic as a result of of having a second crossing that's that's closer to their neighborhood. So I've definitely heard some people who are excited about the option um, and what it would mean for North Douglas and others who are concerned that it's going to impact kind of the, their quality of life. Gotcha. Okay. One of the thoughts that I would think of in that regard is obviously if you had that new crossing, you're changing, you're changing traffic. And I know maybe that's not something that you'd be able to talk to me more on, but that would raise the question to me, would, would that help with the traffic flow? Because again, and I've, always, and I've been very open about this the entire time I've been doing this show, I have not been back to Juneau for too long. I've only been back for about a month now, and so I have not gone over to Douglas too much, so I'm not sure, would that help improve the traffic getting on and off Douglas Island? Would that improve it so that it's not less congested for that one stretch of downtown? Yeah, good question. So, it to be completely honest, it is rare that I hear, hear people complaining about congestion over the bridge. Right now, we seem to be at a um, uh, stable capacity when it comes to the, that bridge's um, what it's providing the community right now. Um, but what what we do know is that as Douglas becomes more developed, if that's where the community wants. Um, to build more housing or more tourism infrastructure, then we are going to start to see increases in the amount of traffic on that bridge. And so this second crossing would be really to address that future traffic congestion. Does that make sense? Yes. You're, you're future proofing it is what the idea is. Correct. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Speaking of kind of thinking of that future proofing, what other sort of large developments are there the rumblings of within the the assembly right now? Um, great question. We definitely um, had a big discussion on Wednesday, and we'll continue to discuss um, 
Centennial Hall and the Civic Arts Center that we are exploring um, that would essentially kind of combine the campuses of the current Jack and the current Centennial Hall to create one um, arts and uh, performance space for the community. Um, we are trying right now uh, to push the um, legislature, the federal, our federal delegation to find some matching funds that could support that project. And so we as an assembly are trying to make the decision whether we want to put in more funds into that project to help bring in those federal funds. So that's still to be decided how much the assembly is going to commit. We've already committed um, $2 million to that project and have been working on upgrading Centennial Hall for quite some time. So it's a long range vision, but um, would be a big deal to to have a whole new facility in that part of town. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like if you were, and this is just sort of my, my brain thinking about it, it sounds like if you were to combine those two, you could almost have a larger sort of convention hall as opposed to, and they and then they're both very, you know, solid for what they do. They have been for quite some time. But it would be interesting to see if you did combine those two, what more sort of events you could put on because you'd have a far larger space. Yeah, and I think it's clear to anyone who's who's been to Centennial and been to other communities that we're, <clears throat> as a convention center, you know, we're, we're going to be behind the times. People are looking for kind of modern, more modern technology, um, more kind of creative space. And so... Um, that's where I think a lot of the impetus is coming from, making sure that people continue to want to come here to use our convention space. Definitely. Well, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I'll talk to you more a bit about that Centennial Hall thing and then see what other large projects are going on. You are listening to Action Line on Line. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. At least I hope I am. I don't think I've swapped places at all. <laughs> And joining me still is Kristen Wall from the City Assembly. Now, we were talking about the idea of make, putting the Jack and Centennial Hall together. And so, and we were talking about how that could make for a good convention center, if that were to go forward. Yeah. At least as an idea. That wasn't a thing I was thinking about before we were closing out for the first half. Yeah, and I think the other piece of it is the the arts. You know, arts are such a big part of our community. Um for people who live here, but also uh, for visitors who are, you know, coming to Juneau to see the Northwest Arts Capital. Um, and so, you know, that project, I think, does op- offer an opportunity to provide something both for the folks who live here um, and want to experience the arts and folks who are coming to visit, whether that's for a convention or to experience Juno's art scene as well. Definitely. Now, I wanted to talk on this before I forgot, because we were talking about it a bit before the show started, but we were talking about how you are the district, you are district two for Juno, but given the size of Juno, that's kind of, in a way, a bit of a nebulous term. So do you want to elaborate a bit on that? Yeah. Yeah. This is something that a lot of people don't know. Um, I'm not really sure how well I knew it before I decided to run for assembly, but um there are two districts locally uh, in Juneau. District 1 is downtown in Douglas, and District 2 is the valley and out the road. I represent District 2, but that just means that I live in District 2. We technically represent the whole community because it doesn't 
when you show up as a citizen of Juneau to vote, you get to vote for all districts. So you get to vote for the District 2 seat, even if you don't live in District 2. And so um, I think that's nice that we have people from different parts of town represented on the assembly, but it's also um, great that, that every person gets to vote for all nine assembly members, no matter where they live. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's very interesting because, you know, as someone who, you know, I was, I grew up in Anchorage and so you would vote for your district area and stuff that was relevant for your, your area, but you didn't do really anything beyond that. Yeah. Um, it's also a, a good segue if you don't um, mind me saying that it it uh, is early. Um, it's only March, but we will be having an election here again in October. And um, last year, everyone ran unopposed. Um, and so I just wanted to take the opportunity and remind people that there are lots of good ways to get involved in local government if you're interested, whether that is um, thinking about running for assembly or school board. Um, we also have a number of boards and committees um, open in the city right now, seats on our boards and committees, and that's kind of a really awesome way for folks in the community to get more involved. It's also a great thing for me as an assembly member to have advisory boards that I can rely on to help make the decisions that we make. So I just wanted to make a quick plug that um, if you Google uh, CBJ boards and committees, you can see um, all those openings we have. Some ones we're particularly looking for right now, um, Board of Equalization, which helps settle um, property assessment appeals. Uh, We really need folks to serve in that role. We have a systemic racism review committee that we have a few seats open on right now. And we have a, um, we're going to be forming a new park and rec board. Um, We currently have one, but we're changing the charge of that a little bit. And so we're, if you love Juno's parks and recreational facilities, um, that's a good uh, one to put your name in the hat for. Gotcha. Okay. And then, um, well, I was gonna say one of those committees that caught my attention a few weeks back was the Systemic Racism Review Committee. Could you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. That was a committee that was set up, um, I believe, right before I, I joined the um, the assembly. So that would have been in in twenty twenty, um, after the the murder of George Floyd and the kind of national conversation about racial justice. Um, this committee has been, yeah, now serving for two or three years. Um, and they, every month when the assembly decides what they're going to be voting on for ordinance changes, um, the assembly will review those ordinances before we vote on them and look for um, evidence of systemic racism. Um, I got to serve as the liaison to that board for uh, th- their first year, and it was fascinating um the different topics that they got to talk about and think about and gave me a different perspective on a lot of the issues that we as an assembly deal with um every month no definitely it it caught my attention for sure when i first saw that now this is something i've been doing with all of my different shows but i want to open the floor to you is there any particular topic that maybe you want to discuss that i haven't asked you about um 
I think the boards and the committees were the big things that I wanted to make sure people were thinking about. Again, um, check out the website if you are interested in serving. We have something like 20 to 30 different boards, and a lot of them have vacancies. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to make sure the community knew that the assembly is just starting to talk about is short-term rentals. Um, This is a big issue um, that the assembly wants to have more conversation about. I think anecdotally, we all know that there are more short-term rentals in Juneau than ever before. And short-term rentals are, are good for our community. They help bring in independent travelers. But when you're in a housing crisis, you certainly want to start thinking about um, how we as a community, you know, are tracking, maybe regulating these these rentals. And so we are in very early stages. We just got some, started collecting data on how many short-term rentals there are, and we're going to continue to um, track that information. But ideally, we're going to be having some community conversations about, you know, do, do we as a community want to um, start addressing how many short-term rentals we have in, in Juneau? No, definitely. I'm glad you brought that up because now I do want to ask you a bit more about that. So it sounded like some of the some of the early talk around that was maybe establishing a registration for those short term rentals. Yeah. So um, we, we decided the first step was get more information, and so we actually hired a private contractor to go get us more information about how many short term rentals there were in the community, how many of them are locally owned, how often are they filled. And what we found was that it's really hard to get that information um, from just a private contractor who's basically scouring the internet for that information. And so um, this week we decided we want to move forward with actually having folks register um, their short-term rentals. We'll, We'll have to find out we, we made a plan to make a plan to do that, so it's still a, a little ways off. But um, we're never going to be able to have a firm understanding of how many short-term rentals there are in Juneau unless we move towards registering those. Gotcha. And that would me the question was, so what would happen if, say, a short-term rental person did not do the registry? Like, would they get a fee or something or... Yeah, good question. Um, We haven't started talking about that, but um, we do know that if you own a short-term rental, you are required to pay um, city uh, hotel bed tax on that. And so we are hoping, some people know that, some people don't know that, who have short-term rentals right now. And so at a bare minimum, if you... um, don't register, we will, um, the the city will be looking to see who's registered versus who's been paying their their, uh, local taxes. So there'll be, um, but I don't know anything about fees. Okay. Well, I'm sure that maybe that might come up. You never yes, know. we will. We will definitely have that conversation as we get closer to making the decision. Because just even having that thought, I'm like, hmm, if you have a registry, you got to make sure people do register, and if they don't register, what do you do about it? Right, right. And there's certainly fees if you don't pay your um, uh, your sales tax, and so um, maybe that those would be the fees that were imposed if you weren't registering and you weren't paying your taxes. But anyways, conversations to have as we get closer to thinking about having folks register those um, Airbnbs and VRBOs that they are um renting in in Juneau. 
No, most definitely. And then uh, one more thought I've had is it is First Friday. Mm. It is First Friday. Um, I'm not sure I know what's happening. Maybe you know more than me about what's going on tonight. I do know a decent bit, but that's on our that's 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 for news. <laughs> this may be talking with newsmakers, but that is that is for the newscast. <laughs> well, anyway, we're going to be wrapping up here in just a moment. Do you have any closing comments? No, just um, love what you all do here at KINY to keep people in the loop. Um, it means a lot to us because you know we want to hear what the community thinks, and uh, you all help get. The hot topics out there, and a lot of times we get a lot more emails after there's some discussion about those topics on on your on your show and in other shows. So, um, just really appreciate it. All righty, well, thank you for coming in. I very much appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. This has been Action Line on KINY. I've been your host Jordan Luce, and joining me today was my guest Christine Wall from the City Assembly. Thanks for having me.